Welcome back to Your Average Witch, where we talk about witch life, witch stories, and sometimes a little witchcraft on the full and new moons every month. In this episode, I'm talking to Casey of Casey's Corner. And just as a warning, we do get into some mental health issues and bullying, and it might be a little bit disturbing, but Casey tells me about growing up as a witch in Texas's Bible Belt, her involvement with the DFW Pagan Unity Fest, and why she wears witchy symbols like the Triple Moon and Pentacle openly. Before we get to the good stuff, I'd just like to ask a favor of you as a listener. I would love to make this podcast better, and with your help, I might be able to. If you go to the link in the show notes and write a little note about why you like this podcast, and then go into your email and verify it, I might win seed money to improve the show. The contest is through something called Podcash, and is open to small podcasts who have received less than $10,000 in sponsorships, which is definitely me. (laughs) My goal is to buy a better, more portable recording system, so when I do things like record on-site at Anahata's Purpose or do in-person interviews, I'm able to have great sound quality, and I would really appreciate your support. And after that, now let's get to the stories. Hi, Casey. Welcome to the show. Would you please introduce yourself and let people know who you are and where they can find you? Yes, I will. First, thank you so much for having me. My brain broke for a minute. <laughs> I am Casey. I run the Casey's Corner YouTube channel over on the YouTubes. It's fairly new. I also, you can find me on Facebook at Welcome to Casey's Corner. And then over on Instagram, it's at KillaCasey327. And that's 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 my Instagram. And um over on Twitter, my oldest one, you'll find me at just Killa Casey. That's how long I've been on there. I didn't need any numbers back then. Um and that's where oh, that's, yeah. you're just gonna find like my activist stuff over there. <laughs> and I also do the um monthly group spells over in the Waba Facebook Kevin. And I, I run a private dog grooming business for special needs dogs where I give them an alternative to the salon experience where that just didn't work out for them. So I give them a private grooming experience around, you know, their special needs and um, change their minds about grooming. What made you start to do the group spell? Ooh, um, I saw there was a a need community stuff. It It was the community I had, you know, been a part of the DFW Pagan Unity Fest. Oh yeah, I am also uh, one of the volunteer coordinators for that. Um, so go check out the DFW Pagan Unity Fest uh, Facebook page. And but being a part of that and doing the community rituals there. And but as a solitary person, I just I didn't think I needed that anymore when I left the Christian community and stuff. But then I, you know, I also saw the power in that. And when the Wabagals, when they had done that first um, group spell, and then someone else put up another one, and then I was like, this is, this is pretty cool. This is, um, I'm feeling it, man. And people were kind of wanting it to keep going on, but no, but I was like, uh, okay, I think I could do this. <laughs> and when I put it, I asked on the Patreon page first, if anybody minded if I do this, if anybody would be into this. And I really expected them to be like, no, just get out of here. Just quiet you. We got this. <laughs> I've been kicked out of a lot of places and, you know, 
quote unquote, you know, put in my place first, step it out of line. And yeah, so I was expecting that to happen, <laughs> but it did it. They let me run with it. And, and then it just kept going when this is about to be the third year. I think fellowship is not something people think about as witches because I yeah. was surprised at Anahata's. I was surprised that I, that I needed it. Oh man. Yeah. That's how I felt when I first started going to the pagan unity fest. Cause that had been, and, and I, well, and I had known at that point I'd, I'd known I needed some fellowship, but I had been on like, you know, 10 years of, you know, pretty much just out of the community and trying to figure out, you know, what every, you know, what it all meant to me, what my faith was going to be. Yeah. I, I say those were like atheist witch years or pagan years. I, I went back and forth for a long time on that. And then for my own mental health, I had gone through cognitive behavioral therapy for kind of bipolar too. Yes. It changed so much and like I couldn't do anything I did now you know if I hadn't been through that but it's been a very long journey and I was able to go through that when my middle son was born and it was through the Texas workforce I was able to get the job training for dog grooming and do the CBT I think that's what people call it yeah but go through all the therapy and also at that time get on medication to stabilize, to be able to do all that and, and to you know process everything. And it was a program Texas had at the time for uninsured people. It's the North Star program, but it ended like shortly after that, after I finished school and everything. I was like the last people to really benefit. And since then, I haven't been, I haven't been able to be on medication. So it, I had to, you know, do all I can to yeah, I read everything coping I could skills about, they taught you in CBT. Yeah, to apply those <laughs> skills and to continue learning about my diagnosis because it had been very suddenly cut off of everything when that program ended. But thank goodness for the library. <laughs> and one of the books I read about being bipolar and uh, was written by a woman who was similar to my age. And so it was like in, in a language I understood and it recommended finding a spiritual community and being a part of some sort of community that helped keep you on, um, on like a schedule and helped support you and held you responsible. So like, you know, and it was a very, you know, Abrahamic faith centric. Cause that was what the author knew, but she also like, was like, whatever works for you. <laughs> and so I had, you know, getting back into like, you know, witchy pagan community at that time that that was when I started looking for pagan parent groups. Oh, yeah, that's also when I became an admin on the pagan parents uh, Facebook page. You can also find me there at Facebook slash pagan parents. <laughs> because there was only back then there was everything was Wiccan. And yeah, it was and, and I had very much, you know, when I had left you know, that in my 10 year, you know, 10 years in the desert, um, <laughs> I had very much decided like that was not for me. These very binary centric, like it was, that was not for me. <laughs> and it was, you know, nor organized religion at all. Like I just couldn't, but like I needed community. And so first, you know, online communities, that was, you know, finding pagan parents. There was only like 30 people that liked that page and it was the only 
pagan parent thing I could find. And so then when like right after that, the admin, she was, you know, was like, hey, anybody want to help me out here? I don't really do much here. And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. And so that grew. I don't know. It, I think we're almost to a thousand now. Like there's a ton of other options now. And I was most busy on that when my kids were younger and I had, you know, I was able to share like the way I practice with them and you know build like a mom community there but at some point you know as my kids got older I was you know my oldest was heading into high school I was like oh I need to I need to start figuring out what I'm you know for me my my community is gonna be without you know separate from mom and so that was you know when I started making myself you know be more active in online communities because that's always where I felt the most comfortable at especially Facebook like I live there and I had already been a part of a really amazing like activist community during the Arab Spring and that we ended up doing monthly moon gatherings under the full moon and those were the first like online monthly gatherings I was a part of and helped organize and that was so special and so when it came to doing the online monthly gatherings for the waba that was another thing i felt like i could you know we could recreate this like i'd seen it was something special and something that people all over the world didn't matter your time zone you could do it in such a way to try and welcome everyone so you mentioned you sort of switched between pagan and witch what does it mean when you call yourself a witch yeah it's very purposeful. And like I said, that was a long journey, but it is, I'm definitely like actively openly aligning myself with, you know, with the marginalized folks, you know, throughout history that the, um, that have been historically called witch have been, um, for me, you know, I was always called a witch. Like you grow up a weird little left-handed girl in the South who asks a lot of questions and doesn't smile on cue and you get called a witch. Lord, and, and how dare a lot you of other smile. Names. Yeah. Oh my Lord. And so it was, you know, something I was always aware of, but I was also, you know, always aware of, you know, all the other witches throughout history and, you know, pop culture witches like <laughs> even though, like my Berenstein Bear books like they're, they're they had like a spooky neighbor witch but she really was just a nice person and it's so, like it was always really complicated for me and then in like high school it ended up like I was an out you know I decided you know I by that point I'd been always you know learning about this stuff I'd read my way through the library and ended up in the witchy stuff and I'd um you know, known about it and had been an out witch at this time in high school. And, um, but I was, you know, Wiccan was the safest thing for me to cling to. And the first thing I knew about this was like the late nineties. And my first little coven I had, it was like me and three other girls. And then one of them after our first little gathering, uh, she ended up caught like, she was basically like a a spy for our Christian friends and like reported back to the group and they like called me on three way and everybody was silent, but she like had me like confessing all my, you know, all the witchy stuff we did and, and all my sins. And 
so then they had all got together and like kicked me out and and wrote a big letter about how what a terrible influence I was and I needed to be saved and like dropped it off at my house <laughs> and and then like kicked me out and then what a bunch short- of cunts. Oh man, I kicked a hole in the wall that reading that letter, it was terrible. Uh, That triggered a whole thing with, you know, my own, you know, mental health, but I still had this identity and as the witch and, but then like in the coming years, it got worse and the, uh, there became, there was like this meet you at the pole prayer group. Yeah. Oh man, they, they decided to, instead of just the one day a year meet and pray, they were going to start praying there every day because there was evil afoot in that school. And it's you. It was me. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, they surrounded me and my friend one afternoon while we were having to wait for her mom to come pick us up. And she was like my one witchy friend I had left, but she couldn't be out because her parents were Jehovah's Witnesses. And that was a whole other load of trouble. And so she, but she was just known as an atheist, but that was still bad enough. And we dressed, you know, we were goth. (laughs) So we looked the part and she didn't, we didn't want to go sit in the mud or anything to wait for that day to wait for her mom. So we had to be up in this like on the platform area where they were praying and they ended up like circling us and you know shoving us around and, and yelling about how we needed to be saved and repent and let them save us and all those things and but like I was the only one taking the brunt as like the witch like I knew she was but I wasn't gonna out her and I wasn't gonna throw her into the bus so I was kind of just like standing in front and like taking it and when we didn't get any support, you know, we finally got out of that and we made it inside to the school, but when we didn't get any support from the school, they didn't, you know, they told us we needed to change the way we dressed and maybe they wouldn't, we wouldn't draw so much attention to ourselves. Oh yeah. Um, because you're the wrong one. Yeah. And because of that, the, what you're wearing. Yeah. And at that time, like I didn't have any access to many other witches or pagans here and you know the you know north texas area where i was growing up and except for that one friend and then and and after that like she went super back in the closet and like she was still goth but like that just really threw both of us through a whole mental health crisis and where we drifted apart because we had to recover in different ways but eventually it just became safer to drop the witch and to just be pagan because that was less of a target. And so when I finally, you know, after that happened and I, you know, became a teen mom, like shortly after that and graduated from high school and I was, you know, it was just safer for us just to be pagan. If I was pagan and I kept, you know, playing along and I would, you know, let my friends and let family, you know, my you know, their father's family, you know, take me to their churches and stuff and, you know, and just, but just be the pagan, you know, that was safer for them, for everybody. And so when it, you doing a lot of, you know, soul searching with myself and tons of more reading through 
like three more libraries because that's what I do and and learning about all kinds of different faiths and learning about the Abrahamic religions and seeing the ways you know maybe everybody wasn't so different and you know it, it became I don't know I I revisited the term witch and was like, okay, am I ready to take this on and, you know, proclaim this is who I am and be maybe a target again <laughs> and and maybe not have anybody to have my back anymore to lose all this community and be alone once again. And that was like a big leap of faith for me to start, you know, claiming that title. But it it was like right after that that I started, it it was, I, I gave myself permission to exist is what I always call it. And, and basically the conversation I had with myself was like, you know, I saw my Christian aunts and my, you know, my Catholic grandma, like everyone that's living their faith through every bit of their life and having an amazing community that supported their small businesses and, you know, having all this support. And I wanted that, but as my true self. And so I gave myself permission to exist and started working through the things that were holding me back, like my social anxiety fears and because um, that were deeply rooted in rejection and getting you know, being once again all alone and and took that leap, started, you know, being a witch and, and you're know, wearing my crystals and my pentagram like my family wore their crosses. And there's saints, amulets and stuff. And, you know, just translating what I knew there to just my authentic self. <laughs> and, and it, you know, things started happening, like being at the mall one day and all these young little teenage witches that were once just like me, seeing me and coming up to me in like little whispers and like, hey, are you a witch? And just being, it would be, yeah, yes, I am. You're okay. You know, and just being, you know, a friendly smile for them and just giving them a moment of a safe haven in you know, what I knew was pretty hostile territory here in the Bible belt. And, uh, and just, it grew from there to try you know, meeting local pagans, local witches. There was a local circle I met, um, that were, they called themselves, I found it gray witches. And, um, you know, I got to know them a bit that went sideways. But from that, I took another chance and went to the Pagan Unity Fest and started at that first fest. I like took myself the day, made my, you know, I could, I, I don't drive because all the anxiety. And so I had, you know, people drop me off that morning and I was like, I'm going to spend the whole day here. I'm just going to do the classes. I'm going to be in community. I'm going to see what this is about and, you know, not be afraid if that, you know, that, those other people show up that I'd already, you know, had a falling out with, like, I was just, I'm going to do this. And I did it. And the, it, you know, I got to talk to other solitaries, you know, cause I was so afraid of like not being welcome. Cause I was a solitary, like again and again, it was always just, well, you need to find a group. You need to find a group. And when I went there, it was like, there were other solitaries that showed up and were coming in from hours away just so they could have, they're like, yeah, this is, you know, a safe place to just be a witch for a day and, and talking to them and, and feeling that community and stuff like that, just something clicked. And I was like, what, these people exist in my area. And 
that was where I first met Hearth Wisdom, the people at the Hearth Wisdom store. They sponsor the event. And I ended up realizing later I was meeting a lot of the, uh, you know, friends of Waba people like Penelope from Prairie Fire Herbal. She vended at the event one year and I had met her and didn't even realize it because for those first few years, like I was just, I would black out for the day because it was just so much, uh, you know, I would be overwhelmed, overstimulated, but I had, I would volunteer. So I would have like a job to focus on. And I would, the first couple of years, it was helping the vendors unload. And then eventually I got assigned to give out all the site tokens to make sure every single person that came to the event. (laughs) So, so I went from like, not, I I was afraid to talk to anybody at all to my job was I had to tell every single person here, you have to take the site token from me, have this pretty little thing so we can keep track of how many people show up. And I did it. It was, I panicked at first, but then like I became so reliable on that, that she, the um, Trish, the lady that runs that, she ended up asking me to join her at the North Texas Irish festival to volunteer there. And that was the year just before the pandemic started that that March it was like the last thing and I was like just so proud of myself for getting to do something and um I got to volunteer with that and after doing that event and because that was also a lifelong dream like I used to go to that event when I was a kid with my grandpa he was first gen Irish and then my other family would take us but I hadn't been to that event since I was a kid. And then to get to you know, go back as a volunteer and help and run that event. And that was really awesome. And so it was, it was long story short. It was all that that went into running to do the event and why I'm a witch now, because sorry, I run long. <laughs> what would you say is your most memorable witchcraft experience and how does it affect your practice now? Oh, man. Okay, it's it's gonna. Ha- you know, I've I've thought about there's so many things of what this was gonna be, um, but I think it is. It's gonna be my time with that that circle that I had the falling out of, um, because it was, you know, my first chance. My first, you know, chance being back in the community and seeing, you know, what it could be like. Um, and what I didn't want in the community as well, um, that became a whole very clear lesson. But it was also, you know, a time I learned to trust my husband's intuition, too, because that when I had met them, I had you know decided I was going to give myself a year and a day to like my own personal year and a day study and just to redig into all of this to build my own book of shadows and do the whole shebang, but it was going to be like on my terms because I wasn't part of a circle <laughs> or anything. But to find the online community, I ended up falling in with the circle because their their high priestess, uh, she was in charge of like all the local Facebook groups that I had stumbled onto. And so hmm. it was just, that was the only community I, I found locally initially. And, uh, and so it was like everywhere I went and I was sharing like my pagan parents stuff and, you know, meeting local pagan parents that way and stuff. And then um, she's like, yeah, I've worn this one too. So they would offer to do, to host dedication ceremonies on her land out here. You know, she was maybe like, you know, 15 minutes from me. 
and everybody, you know, was just, oh, the place is so beautiful and magical and stuff. And so I ended up like, okay, that sounds awesome. I want to, I want to do that and be a part of that. You know, I, I ended up making the arrangements for the end of my year in the day and, you know, and sharing with like her core group or whatever and, and finishing that up. And, you know, there were like red flags going into it. Like people would get kicked out and it would, she would, you know, I just, I ignored all the red flags. I was just so happy to be a part of a group that I, I put my blinders on and wanted to get through this. And um, after I had about the week before my, you know, dedication ceremony to my, you know, the path I was choosing, which was the hedge witch. Like that was when I was like officially after all the sinking, I was, you know, just settled on this is what I am for a lot of other reasons. But like I'd met her and seeing that land, like her, you know, talking to her in person that day, all of a sudden that was when she first decides to bring up, oh, we have all the same mental health issues and dazzles me with relating to me, you know, and, um, but her place, her, she had a similar size of land that we had, but she had like added like a little island and water thing and she had pigs and, you know, birds and had planted like two willows in the front and their place had been hit by a tornado and she had, you know, they had a double wide like us, but she had, they had rebuilt it and added like a, a little you know, turned her kitchen into like a little witchy kitchen, like a little sunroom. And I was just so inspired, like, oh, this is what I could do with our place. And, you know, this is what I could do, you know, with our little bit of land out here. Even if things fall apart, I can rebuild. (laughs) And, you know, because they had done it over these years and stuff. But then that night, my husband was just having all these just concerns, like, you know, babe, I don't like her. I don't because uh, my husband and my kid had, you know, my youngest had been with me too, but he was just like, I felt, you know, I didn't have a good feeling about her. And that night he had a dream that she was trying to get us divorced. And I was just like, that's ridiculous. You, you're just, you're just jealous. You don't want me doing things on my own. <laughs> and, went and, you know, we did the ceremony the next night and, the, or not next night, it was like the next week or whatever. It was the Beltane weekend. And, he had this was like his first pagan witchy anything event to attend with me but he wanted to be there to support me but he's he's an atheist you know recovering catholic and just and and just as much has you know all the social anxiety as me and so it was really you know nervous and uncomfortable but you know and he didn't know what to say if anybody asked him what he was doing there and I was you know we would just joke I'll just say you're there for the food and you know and um just as a joke that was like a joke between us to for comfort you know and when we were there that night and the event you know went off me on my dedication ceremony went off that was like the the ceremony itself and the the other people that I met that were a part of that group like one of them he's still like my brother he is so special to me And, um, oh, I'm going to get all emotional, uh, (laughs) but, uh, then a couple of them, you know, we became friends again, but like the hostess, the high priestess, she just, the way she spoke about like some of the other people that weren't present, 
like calling them plagans and sounding very you know, gatekeepery and like you know she'd be all welcoming and online and all this stuff but then you know having these conversations with her that night and and she was just you know laughing about this other you know the the people that weren't there and the other mirror group we had in the UK that was we were like friends with and I was just like well that doesn't seem that seems like everything I was trying to get away from with the other organized religions you know that night I just you know I saw I I was like seeing you know all kinds of things clear up like I could you know after that night it was an awakening of myself and my you know to my path and my craft and everything that you know such special spiritual ceremonies are supposed to be but it was also like you know I was seeing you know all these red flags that I was missing for the first time and then she came back you know shortly after that you know trying to say something about my husband like that he was you know not wanting to be there and just making fun and was off she was saying like that her husband went and like was eavesdropping on my husband making a conversation like making a phone call with a friend where he said he was just there for the food and like I was like that was our code we I knew he was saying that already and she just made it this whole thing and she said you know brought up I should divorce my husband and I was like oh no my husband was right he's got the intuition (laughs) his dream came true and it was just it was like at that moment like all these blinders came off and I could see you know seeing that his intuition like I should be listening to him for one and just seeing that I could be okay if you know I did have to stand up for myself and be as a solitary and not be you know accepted into any group that was gonna you know that I had to gosh cut you know, get rid of my own family now because you know they you know, she's decided she doesn't like him and you know for some I couldn't even get it like I didn't even get what it was and but she went and like blocked me out of all the community groups I don't know what she had said, but like suddenly everybody was either like messaging me, letting me know how awful I was and how much they hated me. And I was and they were unfriending me or like my brother did letting me know, like, I don't know what's going on, but I know this isn't you. And um, I just want you I just want to see if you're okay. And that was, you know, so it's getting through that experience. It was like, you know, Band-Aid ripping off like I, I, I could stand on my own. I could see I could make friends as myself and yeah I needed to trust my husband more (laughs) and that and he also saw that he had some intuition too that was a whole other you know door opening for him over the years like at this point you know this has been about seven years later now and he's like yeah I've been around long enough to just there's something and I just listen to you (laughs) do what you say I take the things whatever (laughs) how do you deal with imposter syndrome I get mad. Uh, mostly, like these days, it's I feel like like with the the witch part of me, like I'm so secure in that stuff. Like like after that event, like after that happened, and you know, I I was like, okay, this is who I am. I'm I'm a hedge witch. I'm I'm a person on the edge, and and I've always been. That's just you know part of my identity is who I am. I'm mixed and nobody's you know I'm, I'm 
Hispanic, oh, sorta. We didn't really know. It was vague. And and Irish. And then, you know, was, on my mom's side, that was a huge mystery. My grandmother would never say anything about that. Like, and so I was always an in-between person. And so I've always felt like an imposter. Everything. Like my whole life. I when I was younger, I you know, I've, I've, I was born a girl. I've always been a girl, but I also have very wide shoulders and I did boy things. So my mom would cut my hair short because it would get in the way. And so I'd look like a boy. And so then people would get, that would be this whole issue. And, and so then I'd have to start looking, dressing and looking like a girl. But then when I did that, I couldn't do the boy things that I've always done. Like it's just, you know, So no matter what I did, I was always an imposter of everything is, is what I felt like. So I was never you know, dark enough. I was never light enough to belong anywhere and never enough nothing. So eventually when I gave myself permission to exist, it's, that's where in the witch identity that, you know, that that's where I don't feel like the imposter. Like, that's what I know. I've been at this for like, I don't know, 25 something years now. And, but like being a human, when I've got to go do things that aren't witchy, and that's where I feel like an imposter about everything. And part of me is just like, you know, I got to shut that off and just let it go and, you know, do the thing like, you know, give it to God kind of thing. But for me, it's just like, just give it to the abyss and let it go and let that part of me die for a minute so I can get through this thing that I have to do to, you know, be a part of the society, a, a yeah, lay person. I, I relate to that. <laughs> zen it out that's what i is if when everything's a shit show and i can't control anything then i just yeah i'm like all right all right you win universe do what you're going to do I'm, I'm not trying to be the boss right now you do it and you and generally things work out in my favor when i'm able to let go oh yeah yeah that's one of the things that the hubby's like oh i've been around long enough just and that for me too, yeah, it's, and that's helped a lot with the anxiety and with everything else with my mental health is just, you know, being able to hit that point where I know I just need to let it go. And, you know, I gotta, you know, let it go and move on with my life. And have you, have you heard of pronoia? Yes and no. Cause I keep forgetting. People keep having to tell me. Okay. So you know what paranoia is? Yes. The feeling that everything's out to get you. Yeah. Pronoia is the feeling that everything is out to help you. Ah, so it's kind of yeah. I love language, but anyway, that's why I took Latin in high school. (laughs) I wish I had because oh, that was uh, my shit did not stick. Oh man. Well, I was gonna say Latin's also part of why I, you know, solidified my being a witch and stuff was because that teacher she thought it was like a fun fact to let us know about how the bible had been changed you know when it was translated from latin and how like to kill a witch used to be you know could be translated as it was um to not suffer your your enemy to live your your captive to live or whatever and and then it got switched to to justify the witch trials or whatever and i was like well if that can be a thing the I don't have to be Christian. I can look at all these other things. And, you know, it was just like, it opened, it, it like gave me permission to 
be like, okay, well, if that could be manipulated by humans and their, you know, you know, by powerful guys and what they want, you know, what else could be? I hate that we have to get permission for things like that to to exist <laughs> or to think differently. Yeah. Well, because when you grow up, like, especially, you know, I grew up, I had my Catholic grandma and my Baptist uncles that very much, like, their wives would insist, like, you know, it was like joint custody going to churches, to the Baptist church and to the Catholic church. And then my parents were very, like, secular. Like, they're, you know, thank goodness for the way my parents were. And, um, you know, (laughs) because... Like their church for us was like my dad was like Star Wars and Rocky Horror Picture Show it was like those were our values and we would those were our holiday films. Oh my god, mine was Monty Python's oh. Flying Circus. What the oh, hell? Oh man, that explains <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on my mom's side, it was yeah Monty Python. Like I would st- I could stay up oh like anything god. on on PBS was was allowed with my mom. My mom would get us. We had encyclopedias and I could watch PBS all I wanted. And, and so I'd be up all night in the middle of the night, like watching, you know, documentaries and or, yeah, Monty Python and Doctor Who. And, and so, like, you know, part of me and, and so I was always asking too many questions. And so part of me always was like, but there's this other way of being. I don't have to. But then there was, you know, also I live in the South and there's a huge amount of pressure to <laughs> be a part of some church. And to if you're not, you're you're going to hell. <laughs> why did I not have that? I maybe I don't we know. maintained a facade because I grew up. My grandparents were very Baptist, and we went to Bible school, vacation Bible school. I actually really liked it. See, for and I loved yes, and I I liked the Bible school part, and I love like there's so many good parts of Christianity that makes me so sad for all the the ugly parts but it was because you know I got to see all the ugly parts and and it became like this power struggle you know because one my mom was always like a hippie person so they definitely she didn't let them baptize me when we were born so like the there was definitely like the struggle of who was going to get us baptized first and my god who's going to get your soul yeah because you're just you're just spirit money yeah and well my mom was like you know, this is how you hug a tree. And, you know, this is, you know, Meatloaf and Melissa Etheridge. These are our hymns and spiritual songs. Meatloaf and, and Melissa Etheridge. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. It, so it shouldn't have been a surprise because this is the other thing that made it such a, like, you know, struggle for our soul. <sighs> my mom came out as a lesbian and they got a divorce. And we were, it was like, I was... It was like fifth grade. And so we were left with my dad because at that time it was in the nineties and God forbid. Yeah. You couldn't, they wouldn't give custody to a lesbian. And in fact, all of our mental health problems they decided were because my mom was a lesbian and had, um, was dating and instead of it wasn't because of the awful way. Genetics. The, People were, yeah, or, well, at that time, it went. Oh, yeah, or the fact that you're being harassed and abused at school. (laughs) Yeah, it was that, yeah, I was, you know, at school, all of a sudden, definitely not that. We we had a huge community before she came out, but then all of a sudden, everybody on our street moved. Everybody at school was like, you're contagious. They moved? Yes. That's dedication. 
Oh yeah. Oh, it was huge. Well, it ended up being a whole thing, and yeah, they it was dedication and whatever. Bye. <laughs> yeah, because she had it. Yeah, they they were convinced it was she was going to turn everyone shit. gay, and even though she was leaving, <laughs> but it was also it was like they were it was yeah everybody didn't want to be our friends anymore. The Soon ground after is that, tainted. <laughs> yeah, the the Girl Scout troop we were in disbanded. We were. She was in charge of the Girl Scout troop. She had been the volunteer coordinator at the school. She had been um, the uh, the the crossing guard. You know, so you know my parents. They were big volunteers in the community, and you know I'd seen that a lot growing up. But I also saw like when she came out, everybody was just Psh, no, you're cut off. You are. We're just contained. gonna let all our kids die by hit being hit by cars. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They had they, they had to find a new thing. She wasn't welcome at the school anymore. She wasn't welcome. You know, the Girl Scout troop disbanded, so I all of a sudden no longer had a Girl Scout troop. And then, yeah, she wasn't all allowed to volunteer. You know, all of a sudden, all this volunteer stuff I was doing with my mom at the school all the time. Todos, that was gone. And and then you know, while I was in choir. The other choir members were like flushing my new purse down the toilet and I couldn't even have lunch with the kids. I had to go eat with the school counselor and have lunch with them. And the teachers would take me to go shopping for my first bra and and get my hair cut and stuff like, yeah, none of that isolation and being ostracized from everything. Yeah, that wasn't why I was suddenly, you know, so sick with anxiety. I was getting ulcers and like full of depression. No, no, none of that was the reason. They the courts blamed my mom and would um gave my dad full custody and then like we would get cut off from her at times if unless she would agree like to not have her you know don't be new gay partner real quick. <laughs> Just don't be gay real quick. Yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous. And, you know, but thankfully, like, my mom, she, like, took us to to gay churches. You know, she showed that there was this other part of Christianity that was this very supportive community that those people, yeah, definitely helped, you know, get us through that time. Well, speaking (laughs) of community... What are some things that you dislike and love about the witch community? Oh, um, the dislike it's yeah. Go bed first so we can come up. We're going to come back up. (laughs) I know this roller coaster. Um, but, but, and I've already touched on it, but it's just the, the holier than thou feel. I don't know. It's, it's, the same thing that's been a problem in, in our society in general and being a part of the witch community, like especially in the early aughts and the, it was like, we could do no wrong. We were the answer to everything and earth will be healed if, if you're just a neo-pagan. And they, there wasn't a lot of, you know, acknowledging that the same abuse um, the same predators that uh, um, the same everything that affects us and prejudices and, and everything else that affects us in the rest of our lives um, exists within that community too. And 
being aware of that and acknowledging that and keeping and, and, you know, calling people out. Um, Cause for a long time that there were, you know, just as much as the priests were abusing people and stuff, there are, you know, there was abuse in the, the pagan community and like that. Um, you know, I know Sarah people- Lawless from Bainfolk got a lot of flack for speaking out about that. I would love uh, to have her on the show. Yes. Just saying. Ah, <laughs> uh, put for, for putting it out there, because <laughs> that's so important. Because, like, when when I had that experience with that circle and and with that high priestess lady, you know, she was real close to you know that UK circle with their their high priest dude. You know, she considered him the genuine thing, but like the rest of them were were the they were playing at it and all this stuff. And she would um, shut down any criticism of this guy. And cause, Oh, he's supposed to be some, you know, all powerful dude or whatever. And, and she would shut down criticism of him. She shut down criticism of herself and, you know, everybody would get blocked and blah, blah, blah. But then like shortly after that, like, you know, everything, you know, I'd got blocked and, and, you know, everybody started seeing her for what she was uh, shortly after they're like, well, if you're being like this to Casey, like she's, maybe hmm and you know people started coming back to me and being like oh i'm sorry like yeah she was good a big liar and a manipulator and all her stuff's coming to light and i'm real sorry Hello. And I, yeah and i was like yeah i know and uh at that same time the dude he was getting um busted it was making international news because he was busted for abusing you know young girls that were he was using his status as a high priest and the you know that b s you know power talk like oh if you have you know you got to have sex with me to do all the to get your power and stuff and it was the same bs like that. frankly i'm suspect of anyone who calls themselves a high priest or priestess I'm yeah. suspect of everyone who says that. Yeah. And and I'm just like no matter what the faith cuz I'd seen that exactly. In, you know, you know in Christianity especially in the Catholic Church and 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 then you know being a part of this and seeing you know for so it's like oh we're perfect and we're the blah 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 and, and but then you're seeing the same you know people take advantage you know you know, are a part of this too and are taking advantage of people. Um and, and they need to be called out and criticized because it is a thing. And you know, there there's there's a, such a thing as consent and full contextual understanding of a you know any practice, I- including, you know, any you know, sacred rights like you you know, having sex in such a spiritual way or whatever. But like to use that, but that's also like you know, so easy to be manipulated and it takes you know it, it's like it, oh it's just it's okay to call people out if they're like creeps and are taking advantage of that and they need to be called out and shutting down people calling them out that's not cool <laughs> it's it's not but cool. what do you love what do you love what do you love yeah. <laughs> i love the way it's changing i love the way that people are speaking out now and the growth that's happened especially in the past 10 years and like since that bad experience I had, I've I've also seen, you know, like here in the DFW area, uh, just so many, you know, pagan with you know businesses thriving 
be, people being out and bringing that aspect into their lives and like it's people are accepting it and it's being more normalized and and you know it get, that's people are um what is it the commercialization people get upset about but I, I also I'm like that excites me because yeah it's a two they did sword. it to every other damn faith and religion and people got to feel you know it, it's a normalizing hello, thing hello Joel Austin uh hello. yeah oh yeah like you know it, <laughs> So I, I'm like, can well, I why get can't some, we? Can I get some rich, rich, uh, yeah, which bitch money? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I love that we are doing that. You know, people are being, you know, able to bring that. Don't anybody send me money. <laughs> yeah, no. no one send me money. <laughs> also, I'm never Just gonna, I'm never gonna vibes. DM you and tell you I can do a reading. By the oh, way, oh yeah, so. no, yeah, same. If, don't if, ever, don't ever. <laughs> You see my account with extra dots and dashes soliciting you for whether it's got extra dash and dots and dashes or not. I will never (laughs) approach someone and say, let me do a reading because I don't do divination. (laughs) But see, we're even getting the scammers, like just like everybody else. I know it's exciting. (laughs) I I I do feel like a failure because nobody's messaged me and said, hey, what's up with my reading? (laughs) I guess I'm not big enough yet. (laughs) Speaking of which. A big, you you have a big enough variety of uh, like reputation, that, yeah, of not doing divination, of, of not doing, yeah, that's like not your thing. You make jewelry. <laughs> Speaking of you, this, yes, uh, how do you feel social media has affected your practice? Oh man, I wouldn't exist without the social media. <laughs> like Isn't, even, I feel bad saying that, but I agree about that for myself. Yeah, I, you know, people poo-poo it all or whatever, but it's just a tool. It's everything. Like, people poo-pooed books when the printing press made books more that's readily available. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's just a tool. And for me, like, even early, early on, back in high school, when I was having all those, you know, when everybody dropped me. And, you know, I could go online in, in Napster chat and in dark chat uh, and Lord of the Dark dot net <laughs> in those chat rooms. See, I didn't have any of that growing up, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, I looked out where I was like, yeah, early. I was you know born in the early eighties, and so I was in that transitional period, and and then you know that was and at my mom's house, I had the internet. Oh, and it was like the modem, and it was like the but that was where I had the the chat rooms, and. I would stay up all night long. That was also my early insomnia years and wasn't very healthy. But that was where I met people that were like me and that I learned I could like build real actual friendships with people yeah. online where we would like mail each other things. That was the first I know, time that's I so fun. Yeah. It was, we would get to, I had a brother and sister on there and we considered that and they looked at me like their little sister. And gosh, I miss them so much. But, you know, they were the first ones to be like very grr, how dare people treat you like that? You get to exist. And like they became like my pen pals and we could write things. And, and like Troy, he would, would do like uber goth like photo shoots at cemeteries and send us pictures. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, but, like, so that it, brings me okay. to this. That brings me to another question. Hmm. Who are the three biggest influences on your practice? Oh man, it's, it's like I've got three groupings because <laughs> a big part of it is the women in my that that I grew up with, my aunts and and my uh, Malita, my grandma, and the way they you know, very much imbued their faith into everything they did. And especially Malita, like she, she was such a Catholic witch, like the way, but the way she would, you know, her, you know, she'd take those moments in the morning to collect herself and to, you know, read her prayer or whatever. And, you know, or say her rosary and, um, you know, those, that helps me, you know, when I do, you know, to get up in the morning and do my, you know, a few moments at my altar and to just like, you know, I, I can never stay anywhere for too long. It is literally a few moments, but it it helps. <laughs> and so, but also like the way she would, um, people would come to her for when they would have problems and stuff. So they would come to her for the prayers she would write and for them to pray for her and for, um, and so just, you know, doing that, a lot of the stuff I, I practice, you know, I do is just, um, you know, sending, you know, you know, sending a little prayer, sending a little spell out, sending energy out, you know, to people who need it and stuff. Just, you know, it's a lot of, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And like with my aunts, you know, they were a big part of um, their community and doing community service and stuff. And the same with my, my parents, they did a lot of community service and, and a lot of my practice is about, you know, definitely about being a part of the community and serving my community. Um, even as I live on the edge of things and don't always get that community, <laughs> but like that's that, that became a big part of it. And then but also just all of humanity in general, like I, that's like my second big thing. It's just everything I've ever learned in libraries and books or, or, you know, just, you know, all the documentaries I watch archaeological, I'm big into like archaeology and, and um, that sort of stuff. Like I wanted to be an archaeologist before I became a teen mom. And uh, so like just you know, what humans have done at any point in time, I'm just like, wow, we are wild, amazing, crazy creatures. And we can do amazing, wild things. We are capable of so much. And like, just, I just feel so, I don't know, that's where I feel like the the spark of the divine that I would see like people in church having and when they would feel that, you know, you know where they say where they felt touched by God or they felt Jesus in their hearts or whatever. Like for me, it's, it's being, you know, in a community with other humans and learning from them and, you know, learning what we've done through all of this time. <laughs> it's, that's a big like thing for me. And, and then my third, Oh, the other influence on what I do is, is, um, science and, and the advancements in science and the language of science. And that was like a big click for me too, was learning about, um, the way you energy is made of the way we exist as like our little, you know, everything we're made of is just vibrating in a certain way to, you know, that you, you get this certain vibration and you got a skin cell 
and you get a few of those vibrating together and you got skin covering our body. And like, it's just an amazing thing and figuring out, you know, learning those things in the way, um, you know, modern advances, the way we're learning how our, um, you know, we can see in by scanning our brains with the fancy new equipment we have, the way our brains will vibrate for certain images or certain words and it triggers something or the way, you know, the placebo effect is actually doing something like that's placebo is a science word for magic. Like it's, you know, those things just inspire me so much to, to just do what I do and to be like, okay, well, if I can make this frequency do a thing, if I could think of this certain, you know, word is vibrating at this frequency, then maybe I can like send that frequency out and, and, you know, vibrate with some other folks on the same frequency. Who would you like to see on the show? Ooh, um, have you, Myra from Hearth Wisdom. She's really awesome. I just going to, you know, attending her classes and her shop was like one of the first places I felt like you know, it was, you know, one of the few apothecary places I felt welcome at. Like most places kind of looked at me askance and they were like, you have no credentials. Get out of here. <laughs> but like Who, what Myra wh- does. Where are we going to get credentials? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. I couldn't be a solitaire. I had to go be of some blood tradition or join a circle or something. That's what and, I could do. Yeah. But like with Hearth Wisdom, it, it didn't matter. She, you know, they talked to me. They didn't patronize. Like they didn't talk down to me. <laughs> they looked me in the eye with respect and not humor. <laughs> and you know, just what she's done you know, doing her community classes and opening up her shop and then, you know, as they grow and, you know, holding the community events and stuff, that's also been a big inspiration to uh, what I do with the community, you know, the online community stuff with Waba is just, so that would just be awesome to hear her talk about, you know, what got her to that place and, and to open up that shop and everything and to be like, Hey, I can, you know, the community needs this. I can do this. Yay. (laughs) Hmm. Now, at the end, you already know. <laughs> Recommend something. <laughs> um. Oh, I definitely recommend doing your own, like you're in a day, but wherein you're you're just looking at the sky, like you're you know a big huge part of what I did that year was just stepping out a few moments each day and seeing just the what the sky was like, what the air felt like, what the temperature was like, what the, what animals were singing, you know, were popping around or, you know, at what point the, the sun was, you know, coming up over the horizon, like, you know, cause it moves throughout the year. And that was something that, you know, our you know, humans have been doing for so very long is where they lived, they would plant themselves and then they would watch the sky for at least a year to mark out everywhere, you know, to mark out what the sky was doing, to mark out where the solstices were and where the equinox was, where the sun was coming up at those times. So they could do those amazing things that were like, oh, Stonehenge, it lines up with the solstice and stuff. Like they had to initially take the time to observe where these things were happening. And so I definitely, you know, recommend taking the time to get to know where you're at and, and 
such a way and just in a slow way and you know not you know you don't have to be so pressured to do everything in like a eurocentric way like you know for their cycle get to know what your cycle is where you're at and that's a very special thing and also libraries go check out your local library support your local library and even if they don't have like a you're like oh well they don't have a witchy pagan section like one they may surprise you mine did and two there's so many other sections that apply check out the nature section check check out you know the indigenous section and check out the poetry section check out the art section like there's so many you know definitely the history and but like there's so many different you know resources in the library that can be applied to what we do as witches that aren't necessarily like in the you know paranormal supernatural witchy section that they have like branch out it's awesome (laughs) and local libraries need our support finally please tell me a story that you love to tell okay oh man yeah this I love this story so much because it's also about how I figured out you know I I was making progress and in learning how to draw up my energy and move it across you know toss it somewhere I had after attending a pagan unity fest and and learning one through one of their workshops like this is how you draw up energy and then feeling like in a group setting like as we closed out the energy and sent it down to the ground like feeling that whoosh of like oh this is a thing you know I I it's like once you access a muscle you're like oh that's it and so I'd been like practicing on accessing that and I had it been recommended to me to like just practice with animals or something you feel an association with and for me I've always just animals like they're I've they I made friends with them when nobody else would be my friend and they get me and so I would practice just with like the birds and that would be flying by and I would just focus on like love like it's just like I'm gonna that's gonna be the energy I'm gonna call up that's the you know love 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 just tossing it and or or saying a hello and um you know talking back to the birds like oh man my neighbors have heard me talk to the birds so much now but the the a couple horses or a couple of horses couple houses down some new neighbors had brought in a horse that was clearly not peopled it was they had brought it in to quote unquote break her and like their very machismo way of you know, trying to force her. And she was, and I would just hear, she'd be so upset and, and scared. A lot of the time she was alone there. And, and so I would just be talking to her and sending her love from where I was at. And then I would start, and she would, she hated people, but I would start when I was walking, I'd start walking the kids to school so I could walk past her and say hi to her. And we would stop and, uh, you know, just say hi and I'd be you know love 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 like you're okay you're okay and you know it's you know not all people are bad not really thinking I was she still wouldn't you know she wouldn't come up to me or anybody you know and then she got out (laughs) one day and she was causing a big old ruckus and because she was lonely and she went down to the other end of the road to visit the horse down there and you know but they were in their four-wheelers scaring the crap out of her trying to corral her you know get her back up and at this point like they hadn't even been able to like successfully 
get onto her, get like anything onto her other than they just finally like the week before gotten a, a bridal bridal on her face. And so she had that and, but she had, you know, she wasn't letting anybody grab that. And so I went out and I just didn't want her going between the gap between my house and the neighbor's house. Cause there was, you know, the, there was a dip and I didn't want her hurting her, hurting her leg or anything. Cause she was scared and, and I didn't want to, there was a hole right there. So I went out and blocked it and just stood there with my arms just wide open and just to be like, not this way. This is a barrier. Don't come walking between the houses. You can't escape this way. Keep on going. And so I was out there and this horse, she comes running up the road and then stops where I'm at. And all the neighbors are out looking. She stops and she turns towards me and walks off the road and then walks to me, just calm as can be. And everybody's like freaking out. And some people are telling me to get out of the way, like she's going to run over me. And like my other neighbor, they've got their camera out and they're just like, oh, and just, you know, aiming it at me. And she just comes to me and, and, some people, the, her people are like, get her, get her. And I'm just like, hold on, hold on. And so I just take a moment to let her just come to me and, and, you know, and I do the thing again, just like love, love, love. And I, I, you know, I very much work with my hands. So I'm like sending it out with my hands and she just puts her head in my hands and lets me get her. Mm. And I, I was like, Oh, thank goodness, honey. Cause I did not want her getting back up to the main road. And she was just so freaking out. And just in that moment, just to be like, you know, everybody was freaking out because then all the neighbors like, witch, she's (laughs) a witch. She's a witch. What is happening? How did this, how did she get this wild horse? And like, I ended up getting a reputation (laughs) for that. Like I was like, well, I was, you know, calm. And for one, I wasn't freaking her out. (laughs) <laughs> I let her come to me. I didn't have a four wheeler chasing her. Like, you know, understand, you know, read the signs, man, read the room. <laughs> but that definitely made me feel like, hey, I got something going on here. Yeah. <laughs> and and that was also for her. And that helped them. Like they started treating her differently after that, like they did. Um, and they got her a little pony buddy. Because <laughs> I told them I was like, I was she's thinking, lonely. That's a herd animal. Yeah. If you're and trying that's what, to gentle yeah. a horse, maybe make it not terrified all the time. Yeah. It's, yeah. Quit like, you know, they were big arms waving at her all the time and r- at her a lot. And I was just like, let her come to you. Calm down. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I had to explain it to my husband about cats. Yeah. Yeah. Same with dogs. And especially if they're freaking out, a lot of owners will. Yeah. Fearful ones. But yeah, he he just didn't know how to deal with a cat. He was constantly like going after it, picking them up. You can't just leave them be. They'll come to you. Right. Just stop bothering them. Cautious creatures. If you just chill a minute, they'll come to you. (laughs) If they want to. It's taken 10 years. The cat's finally come to him. Exactly. People don't want to admit. People still don't want to freaking give consent to their kids. They're getting ears pierced. They're getting yeah. What do they do to boys? The circumcised. <laughs> yeah, they get them neutered. <laughs> yeah, they get them. Whatever. I knew it's something to do with the genitals, <laughs> right? But the, it does make a difference, though. 
with whatever you know interacting whatever yeah. you're interacting with just you have take to a give moment. them a choice yeah and and that's you know a big part of my success you know <laughs> grooming the dogs i groom yeah. is giving them a choice like you know letting them come to me giving them some time to get to know me and then like okay if you're not going to do this thing then okay we can do this other thing and you know choosing to do and not like forcing them to do this part of the groom at this time right now because I've got to get it done now because this is on my schedule it really just helps a lot to let the you dogs trust you and understand that they can make the choice that no this isn't happening right now we'll come back to that (laughs) which by the way everyone who has pets if you take your pet to someplace like PetSmart or Petco both of which are places I've worked as a groomer Mm. they don't have time to give your dog that option find an independent groomer if your dog is the least bit fearful or whatever. Find an independent groomer who is willing to work with the dog instead of work for the company. Right. So many. Because guess what? The company doesn't really care about your dog. They care about your wallet. Yeah. They they've got a they've got a bottom line. They've got profits. They've got to make, especially the bigger corporations. But you know, I found even working in the smaller salons and stuff I, I worked in, it was very much a lot of pressure to and and I see it in the online communities too it's get more and more and more dogs done in one day yep and and but I also saw like a lot of these dogs that were getting labeled as aggressive and they were getting kicked out of the shops or priced out of the shops um you know and and having this you have to I mean I feel like we had to to be able to continue to see them I understand being charged more yeah and and especially if you've got to you know, you've got to be fitting them in with with these all these other dogs that aren't acting that way, like a dumb lab and, who doesn't care about anything. As long as you hold a treat yeah. near its face, it'll yeah. do. Well, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, and when you're in a shop setting, you know those dogs can come in and out just fine. And you know, but it's really hard to slow it down for these other dogs that not necessarily they they may not be aggressive. You know, it's the situation that they're in, and I get that. Like that, you know, I, I looked at these dogs so much and I'm like, oh man, that's not aggression. That's fear. Yeah. That's, ing- they're having a panic attack, honey. 99% of the time it's fear. Yeah. I, I'm like, me too. Well, well, there is a dick dog, but there's dick people. Yeah. Everybody's a dick yes. sometimes. <laughs> there's, but that's like such a minimal, you know, you know, such a small portion of these dogs yeah. that I deal with where they just needed a change of scenery and then seeing them grow over time where I do the same thing with them that I did with the horse. I started applying that. That's part of what gave me the idea to do what I do was like, well, maybe I can fill these dogs with love and change the narrative about what a groom is and have it being a more loving experience. And so when they're with me, I am. You're not just being mauled. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just somebody yanking you around and you got to do this right now. Pulling your hair out, hurting your feet as toenails. And I'm just like, all right. And I talk to them so much. And that really, like, my husband laughs at me because when he comes in and hears me, especially with the, you know, the more freaked out the dog, the more I'm talking and explaining what I'm doing to them. And, you know, he's like, man, you talk to them like I talk to my cobras. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you're just like, you know, you got to, you got to keep, you know, because part of that, you're talking to yourself through what's going on. At the end, I just stopped doing de-shed, or not de-shedding. What is it called? Dematting. I was just the like, mat- nope. If it's matted, it's shaving or get out. 
I'm oh, not yeah. Yeah, hurting no. your dog because you can't be bothered to figure out how to take care of it. Yeah, that was always my like when I started doing this is, you know, the whole vanity or, you know, humanity over vanity, you know, mantra or whatever. But it was, you know, and me being my own boss, like it, it was really easy to do that where because I also saw people treating me differently because it wasn't they didn't have somebody else to go up to to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to have this other person tell you that you have to, <laughs> okay. you know, hamburger meat my dog's skin so I can have, you know, dead hair. like. Well, thanks for being on the show. Yay, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I hope I wasn't too crazy manic all over the place. Fun with bipolar people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll see you over in Waba. Yes, see you on the Waba interwebs and all the other places because that's where I live. <laughs> me too. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. I got another review. Yay. This one is from Cowgirl Bread over on Apple Podcasts, and it's titled Mama Kim. Cowgirl Bread says, I'm not going to lie. I've never been one to write reviews, but since Mama Kim makes you feel like family, well, I guess I have to stop and write this review. Because this is the podcast that introduces you to fellow witches that makes you feel like you're truly not alone in your ups and downs of your practice. And as a witch that has felt alone a lot in their journey, this podcast has made me feel like I have a family. And since I know who this is, you do have a family. It's with us. You're at, we're your family now. Thank you for your review. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Your Average Witch. You can find us all around the internet on Instagram at Your Average Witch Podcast. Twitter at Average Witch Pod, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Your Average Witch Podcast, at Your Average Witch.com, and at your favorite podcast service. Want to help the podcast grow? Leave a review. You can review us on Amazon and Apple Podcasts, and now you can rate us on Spotify. You just might hear your review read at the end of the next episode. To rate Your Average Witch on Spotify, click the home key, click on Your Average Witch Podcast, and then leave a rating. You can also support the show by going to patreon.com slash cleverkimscurios. If you'd like to recommend someone for the podcast, like to be on it yourself, or if you'd like to advertise on the podcast, send an email to youraveragewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the moon changes.